Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for episode 97 of the Pod Wants Podcast. I'm your host, Char Char J, joined by my co-host, Luke. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And Harris Production. Hope everyone's having a great Thursday night. Today, we're going to be covering season three, episode 14 of Star Wars Rebels, also known as Warhead. We're going to be diving into Zeb, uh, Chopper, AP5 on a little mission, trying to, you know, an empire, an, a, a, a secret empire mission. Um, but we got three guests on today to talk about this episode. Luke, Harris, are we ready to go? Let's dive in. The Jedi Knights are all but destroyed, and yet your task is not complete, Inquisitor. The Emperor has foreseen a new threat rising again. The Podwans Podcast. And we are back. <clears throat> okay, so our first guest on today to talk about Warhead. She has been on our show quite a few times. You might consider her the fourth member of the Podwans Podcast. She's coming on today to talk more about rebels but mainly obviously she's the aging calistan that we all know and love and support let's bring in alanis at not a kyber how is everyone going on mrs callus honestly yeah i swear to god <laughs> that I is like miss that's, that's miss my twitter no name it's, it's it's mrs no it's miss malik Luke, you, had, you missed the cutoff uh, man malik had dubbed me the countess of callus yeah, I, like, I, like I like that i like that i like that you can't get away with you can't have a nice ring to it if you <laughs> no want. it does not it makes <laughs> me want to viscerally vomit every fucking where <laughs> but alanis how you doing I'm good. I'm good. Actually, rewatching this episode, I was like, damn, this is actually a good one. I think this is an unsung hero. Oh, no, yeah. This is a very it. underrated episode. It is. Because I feel like since this next episode's going to have has so, so much attention to it with Trials of the Dark Saber, I feel like this one kind of gets the, the short end Whoa. of the stick. But yeah, yeah this one's not, you, you, you don't want to sit out of this one. So exactly. Alana, so I'm glad what? you're here to talk about Warhead. But um, before we bring in our next guest, where can the good people find you on social media? You can follow me at Natakyber on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow me at Discovering the Galaxy on TikTok, and also at Is it Is Agent Callus back on Twitter? And yeah, um, I am the uh, first. Nice. Okay, lead. Luke, uh, kick oh, us all out. This is all. This is Alanis' show. All so, right, uh, guys. And... Well, when it gets to through Imperial Eyes, it is my show. Honestly, the show is better. This is already the highest rated one. Yeah, ratio to me to them iconic. You can't get better than this. Anyway, so War Mantle Wild. I think. All right, we've got enough of that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. how long are they going to fucking let me go? That would be funny. We just like yeah. left the entire episode, just let Alanis no. take over, and we don't even bring in the other guests. I was like, all right, I'm just going to fucking run with All right, that. so our second guest, um, I think Alanis and him have the have equal amount of time on our podcast. He is known as the, um, the X-Wing guy. Anything, anything with ships and piloting, that's his that's his shtick. And Mieber Gascon. So remember, if you ever go back and watch D-Squad, he is the biggest Mieber Gascon supporter that we know and love. And he's always he's always a part of like the more underrated arcs or the ones that don't get as much love as the rest, such as the Mason Jar Jar arc, uh, D-Squad, of course. But he's here to talk about Warhead, hey. which, you know, Alanis and I just talked about how it is severely underrated and not really in the same light as other arcs of this particular show. Let's bring in Chase at Not a Kyber. What in the hell was Chase that? at Gordon to the Black? Because <laughs> he... Okay, hey, before... before okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey, You are now... Yeah, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? You are now... You are now Not a Kyber. Are we gonna... Alanis, are we gonna swap passwords so we can just take over? Luke, you have this, like... Okay. So, you know, like, sometimes when you're, like, saying something and then you read something and then it, like, just, like, accidentally comes out of your mouth? Where, like, you kind of, like, mess up your words? Yeah. That's what happened right there. Because I was looking at not a Kyber as I was bringing <laughs> him in, and then it just came out. <laughs> yeah, Chase it forward into the black. How you doing, man? This podcast was so much better a minute and a half ago. <laughs> I'd say a minute. <laughs> but, uh, How are I'm you good. guys? Uh, char, uh, char at forward into the black here. With, um, uh, just yeah. keep piling I'm making on, fun of myself at this point. I gotta love it. I, I me at uh, Char, no, char J, you know. Uh, me at nothing. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure your, your tag is Star <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, me? I'm not built enough for that. Nor am I that much of a fucking pompous asshole. <laughs> you are jealous of a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> rightfully so. I, I, okay. It goes, Agent, it goes, Ron, 
No, actually, Agent Callus, Thrawn, then Obi-Wan, then me. And that's even being... that I might even be below another fucking character, to be can honest. I add a, can I add a caveat into that? Oh, Thrask, sorry. There's another one. Sorry. Go ahead. There, Luke. You're, uh... I mean, you, you do share a toxic trait. Equally getting mad about people not liking Obi-Wan. Her? Or him? <laughs> him. But his is for other fucking reasons. <laughs> He's an idiot. I don't, <laughs> at this point, I really don't care. You can send any clip of this to fucking. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about that fucking meathead of a bozo. Chase, where can the good people follow you? You can follow me at Forward Into the Black on Twitch, talking about Star Wars and Star Citizen whenever that came to. Chase had a gold opportunity to be like, follow me at Star Wars Theories Feet Picks, and like, I think the ultimate segue there. I don't, I don't need to tell people. <laughs> All right, Legend. well, uh, Chase, uh, thank you Dairy. for coming on, and uh, I uh, apologize for botching your name. That was that was weird. I've never done that before, but I'm glad it was to you. Could have you could have you could have given me yeah, a that's worse That's true because not a Kyber is a great name. Kyber. Not not just could've the fact that it's Atlantis, but like the backstory behind <laughs> not a Kyber. Is cool, so. uh, well, thank you for coming on. But our our of course our always third a and final guest. He's actually a newcomer to the Pop Ones podcast. He is making his debut to talk about Warhead. He is a collector. He's also a cosplayer. He loves Star Wars, Marvel. He collects Legos, pop toys, action figures, you name it. But let's bring in Jonah at Jonah Edward ninety eight. And he is also across oh. the pond. You forgot about that. I feel like, I feel like across take. the pond is like our thing for Bale. Yeah, but it's better than Bale. I feel like it's so better, it's better than Bale. Bale, but you just know, being you know, honest, it's pa- bail at yeah, passive aggressive. Like just trust me, okay? <laughs> God, passive aggressive. Anyway, Jonah, how are you? Hello, I'm really good, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on. I realize I sound like I'm in a 1950s radio right now, <laughs> but that is out of my control, and I apologize. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it because at least you're not cutting in and out, and your internet is great. So that. Like, I can deal with audio, and it doesn't really sound that bad. It's going to be downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Uh, Dana Edward, 98, across everything. Uh, TikTok is my main one, but I use my Twitter and my Instagram as well. But it's the same handle across everything, because I'm stupid and can't remember different (laughs) (laughs) I I feel that, because it's like, why have, like, four different account names? I'm just going to forget it. one day you know uh with that being out of the way uh icebreaker question uh gonna keep it simple so we see warhead right we see this cool droid being useful which is actually uh, actually a ralph mccory the original ralph mccory for what c3po was sorry Char, i'm sure close. that was probably one of your it's not that's facts, you, what you said it's not that interesting. awesome sweet then i don't feel like a dick okay cool interesting uh so uh if you had to create a a droid uh what part so basically have you ever been a droid depot at galaxy's edge oh no but like a killer droid like like a useful droid sorry i should have specified well i don't want a droid to kill honestly like i would put like razor blades on it i would want a droid to like fucking shave my legs (laughs) y'all don't understand how much work (laughs) that and if i could have a little robot do it for me hell yeah underserved community so like the the spa day in Clone Wars, where R2 goes to the spa, but it's reverse. R2 is, yeah, 100%. is, is working at the spa. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, it's just one droid, and it's, like, very... I'm, I'm picturing, like, a very, like, vintage vibe, very, like, flow from deck. Does she talk? Thing. Do that... Does, does it talk to you Absolutely while... Absolutely not. Oh, hey, Ani. Absolutely you're, not. You're looking a little longer than last Binary time Binary or nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, I just imagine, Binary like, razor void sounds in the background. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I'm thinking, like, what, what voice should my droid make? Like... I mean, obviously, if it's an astromech, it'll beep, but, like, what if it's, like, a protocol droid? And what if it's just, like, an angry New Yorker? <laughs> just Danny DeVito. All right, I'm walking over here. <laughs> I'm trying to think uh, of, like, a good voice if I had. Danny to, DeVito. Like... Uh, Jonah. Um, I always loved it. Remember in Clone Wars when Anakin jumps on the back of R2 and he, like, whisks him away and he's, like, sitting on him like this? I'd love a little droid that could just, like, be a little jetpack and jump on him and be like, take me loads of places. That'd be great. Are you just going to say me? Yeah, but are you going to say, like, you could just that small and then get into a droid and have it be your command center? What? What are you talking about? Let Chase speak for Chase, okay? (laughs) I would do, like, an IDO torture droid as a head and, like, a a B1 battle droid as a body, and then it has the voice of AP5. (laughs) What would be its main job? 
to like torture you by talking. Okay. So three. So C three PO. Got it. Um. <laughs> not. No, <laughs> joke didn't. All right, I will go fuck myself. Uh, <laughs> five more. You got five minute timeout on joke. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No more. I will just go back to my room. I, I, I don't really remember. I asked the question on the. Uh, honestly, I would have uh, my droid be similar to Matthew Barry's from the book of Boba Fett because I love the way. I no, it would be Matt Barry as um, what's his face? What's his face? Laszlo. Uh, from what we do in the shadows. So he has to have that accent and he would walk around and like make burgers joy to make you burgers makes me food the the correct way and how i want it made but of course like just burgers or does he expand your palate well no no he expands my palate. okay so like he's a, a like personal he's a chef. chef yeah it's a personal chef okay with burgers with is just the example boys. yes okay. yes been together for Appreciate a year it. now and you still haven't picked up on like needing why do i even try i just imagine right. luke comes home you... into the house and he's like you... why is it another burger so you have yeah. a mo- you have a mommy bot is what you're saying <laughs> everybody's got to have a mommy bot no, they don't, Luke. That would be a daddy bot, technically. No. If it's, if it's Laszlo it's, from uh, Matthew no. Berry from Laszlo. No. If it's making you food and like folding your laundry, it's the mom. No, it's not. It's just making me food. It's not doing my laundry. That's kind of a N- not yet. big thing. Hey. Not yet. Great to be back, everybody. Great to be back after one week of being gone. Anyway, Harris. I can't even say mine on the air. A sex bot. As uh, <laughs> expected. And with that. I, I, hey, 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 hey. I exist. <laughs> I hey, exist hey. Too. Yeah. I thought you already said that you. you no, already, I just I, I was just saying it's a joke. Charlie wants to say he no, also wants to no. say for for mine. I would have B two <laughs> from Andor, but have him speak like Gilbert Gottfried. Oh no! Jeez. Does he? Have I a, thought we. Is it Gilbert Gottfried with a stutter? Uh, <laughs> I would. I mean, yeah. I mean, technically, do it. B two does Do it. Do it. No, no. For, for those it, of you who it, know the Gilbert Gottfried and have been. Do it. Do it. I'm no. bullying you. After after you party stream, you literally can do put it. it on a tee, and you're gonna whiff. Hey, if you want to, if you want to see my Gilbert Godfrey impressions, go back and watch Glow Wars. <laughs> Believe me, it's good starts... job, Char. Right. Don't make fun of me. If they get to 2K, <laughs> <laughs> if they get to 2K subscribers, Char will do an entire three minute video entirely in no 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 if, if we get to imagine if Char... until then we if, are if, on a no, strike if we get if we get to I, i'll say this if we get to two thousand subs within the next month thousand followers i'll do an, an entire episode in gilbert god imagine if char big, imagine if char big brains this shit and just gets an ai and just is like he just like clones his own voice and it no, just like no, no, it's the all body. natural are you kidding me yeah oh no i okay i will i it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I will I will destroy I my will vocal cord. If 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 we get two thousand subscribers on YouTube in the next month and a thousand followers on Instagram, then Luke, then don't be over here making the rules for something I have to do. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that exact thing. Like, what are you gonna do for this? Yeah, Luke, don't be setting standards. Yeah, Luke, I thought you were volunteer something up. I thought you were gonna do the uh, the shtick. You know, I thought you were All gonna right. volunteer something. I thought you'd be like, oh, Maybe. let me think about it. But let's get into the story of. All right, so we're going to be talking about episode 14 of uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, called Warhead. It starts off with the Empire sending out probes, which are new concept droids. Uh, the original, obviously, I said that earlier. For um, And uh, this thing is pretty amazing. Uh when it reaches Adalon, is it Adalon? Atalon. Right, Adalon. Atalon. Um, uh, it gets swarmed by the spider things, and sh- they shut it off. It runs out of power. So, uh, Zeb is left in charge of AP5 and Chopper and some of the other rebels that are around. And he's more or less like, hey, Hera, can I, I, you're going to need an extra hand. And Hera's like, we got this, man. You're my head of security. Um, so he stays. AP5 and Chopper have a nice little back and forth. They pretty much have a pretty pretty good back and forth. The three of them have a pretty good 
dialogue throughout this episode. And uh, then they discover that it's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, there's a whole bunch of meteors going. And they go out, check it out. And there's the droid. Bring it back. They power it up. Very useful at one point. Uh, and Zeb's like, hey, we'll just take in another stray. Goes to the command post. Fulcrum, Agent Callus sends a, a message getting that this probe, this probe droid is highly dangerous. Zeb realizes it a little too late. Um, it activates itself after AP5 says rebel. They track it down. They shoot it. And eventually they get it to, they, sh- they shut it back down, restart it. And there's a counter, uh, like a countermeasure. And uh, then they send it. I can't remember how exactly, but they send it back and they're able to get it back to the uh, Star Destroyer. It self-destructs. And there you go. That's pretty much the story of War Mantle. Warhead. Uh, in less than a minute. Uh, this point. Uh, so in this episode, how does Zeb? Uh, how does Zeb's solo mission give him a chance to show that he is a capable fighter and strategist? And how does it reinforce the bond that he has for the rest of the rebels, buddy? <laughs> I just kind of just like his willingness to just like jump in on it you know i think like if zeb was put in a position where if he had to go down with the droid save the rebel base he would have but i think like him stepping up is less of like him showing like what the what the word i'm looking for um development no it's like it's less of him showing his love for the ghost crew because like we know he does it's clear i think it's more of him um beginning to heal from you know the trauma of uh his you know everything that happened and and his like loss of the honor yeah yeah okay jonah yeah what i liked about Zeb in this one was that it felt like season one Zeb a wee bit more he was definitely that little bit more fun side of things and he was a little bit stupid even though he came up with a good one in the end and it was just nice to have a sort of focus on him in one singular episode just to sort of try and get some character development although there wasn't much but it was just good that he got his own spotlight and it was just Hopper and that was probably my one of my favorite things about the entire episode giving him his own little spotlight because yeah I mean kind of to bounce off I think you know, not only is this him showing dedication to the ghost crew, but showing dedication to the rebellion, doing what he needs to do, you know, even when it's just like, hey, there's this weird thing that looks like it crashed over here. And said, like, you know, I'll check it out. And, you know, obviously that part of that is, you know, he's just bored and wants to do something. I think, you know, the plan he, you know, devises shows that he's growing as a leader and growing as a part of the rebellion. Uh, and, and yeah, like what, what Jonah was saying, it's just so nice to see him alone. Um, I think that's what this show does so well is it just puts a couple characters together to help them grow instead of trying to focus on everyone all at once. It's just, no, this is a Zeb and Chopper episode. You know, we get the Kanan and Sabine episodes and Hera and Kanan episodes. But this is a, a Zeb episode. It's great to see just the way that they all kind of grow. No, that, that, that's perfectly what that's perfectly said because it's like Zeb uh, is he's kind of gotten um, uh, he's kind of been pushed back a little bit this season he hasn't been the forefront uh like almost at all um uh, except for one other episode with the um job whatever however you yeah it's always nice to see him get the spotlight because i i feel like when he is on the spotlight the story is usually pretty but char harris got anything to add uh i was gonna say like i feel like with this episode it's like zeb's return to form because obviously when the imperial and probe droid like recognizes that he's a little thought he responds back with captain aurelio and like he actually says his rank it's like it's almost like, well, Zeb will never forgive his trauma of what happened to the Lasat. It's kind of like Zeb is kind of going back to the era of him being a leader. Because while he doesn't want to do this type of mission, he'd rather be out there in the fight. He is kind of revealing the role. And you can see his kind of creativeness kind of shine through with put in dire situations and how he's going to basically, like Alana said, sacrifice himself for the cause. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that really stood out this episode is that, as as like you said before, Zeb isn't really known as a strategist. But for this episode, he has to be in order to save the rebel base if he weren't that base would have been destroyed because we all know zeb as a fighter and he's a very powerful warrior but without his instinct and you know being able to be around a bunch of great people that know what they're doing 
it kind of rubbed off on him was like hey what we're gonna do is we're gonna do whatever it takes to get this droid out of here and we'll use it to our advantage which is what they did to see that he has a lot of smarts and a lot of people underestimate it's it stands out a lot in this episode before i move on to thrawn um what was your what was your favorite part of this episode i'll start with jonah um i i actually did really love this episode i think a lot of people probably nowadays the word filler gets thrown about way too much in a oh. really bad way um, and I think had this episode maybe have came out, people would have said it was a filler episode. But I agree with what we were saying earlier. You know, you've got such a big arc coming up that this is just a breath of fresh air before you get into something a lot heavier. And it ties in with Thrawn at the end and sort of does a bit of explaining there. I, I like the, the creepiness of this episode, though. There's definitely like a little creepy undertone vibe now. It's Rebels, so they don't go too far. But I mean, the um, Imperial... Um, droid fella you know he sort of has this like um a vampire moment of like when he's attacking that like gunk droid to sort of like get energy or something and it didn't take it too far but i mean they expected but i thought at times there definitely was a wee bit of like so i definitely enjoyed watching that part of it for sure yeah i mean if i had to pick two parts i think just the dialogue of this episode is stands out probably above a lot of other episodes is just the back and forth between zeb and ap5 and again you know one thing that star wars has always done really well is how, how droids can communicate without saying anything um, and I, I think that this is like this is just a really really well written episode as far as you know banter and dialogation but the other part is uh callus's smile when dark destroyer being exploded <laughs> oh yeah, <Almost laughs> yeah. Like, what a, it's so good i just like how much it sets up like how much it really shows like the high stakes that the rebellion was under because like yes we know that the empire was after them like yes we know you know it was life or death but i think this really solidifies it like they had literal killer assassin droids and you know a bunch of them going out in the world causing who knows what to innocent planets we have the inquisitors we have just the general empire that we see we have stormtroopers so i think you know everything it sets up especially with callus and thrawn as well um i think it's just brilliant the foreshadowing is incredible and speaking of thrawn uh so uh my thrawn question is so we see him towards the end of the uh, of the episode, and he is with Callus, and he, I, I, in my opinion, he already knows. I, he's already known for a while that that Callus, um, and he uses the droids as a way of narrowing down the pus. Absolutely insane, but very on. How does his ability to anticipate the Rebels' movements and his strategic placement of the warhead droids symbolize his immense intellect and tactical supremacy, and how does it uh, set him apart from other villains the Rebels crew has included so far? I think it just kind of shows at this point in Thrawn's story he is having trouble accepting um and not defeat in the sense of losing because thrawn is not afraid to lose um i think defeat more is in just the crushing morality of everything around him starting to fall and at this point he is grasping at straws he's like you know what let's sell out let's uh just send these out and hope for the best um and it really does highlight how intelligent and how far he plans but I really think, um, you know, looking into the future that, you know, this could really be the Thrawn that is going to move forward in Ahsoka. And if I'm being honest, I kind of hope so. I want some Peepaw Thrawn. Follow-up question. So how far is too far with Peepaw Thrawn? I mean, don't make him clone Thrawn. But, you know, give him some spice. Let Lars have his little villain moment. You know, give, it, give me just one long dramatic speech, like some really drawn out th like bullshit, and I'll be happy. Then after that, whatever you want to do with him. Follow up right. question to the follow up question: What is Thrawn's clone? Oh, it's interesting. It's a whole nightmare thing. I, I, it's a legends thing. Everyone in the expanded universe was cloned at one. Point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this Blue. is why we don't. This is why we don't. Don't don't come after. Me. Uh, but yeah, I, that's pretty well said. Uh, Jonah. I think at least for me, when I was watching it, it was just the big realization that. Uh, he doesn't use as much as we've seen in previous villains. I mean, we've gone up against Inquisitors in theater, 
and it's being forced on lightsabers. But I mean, yes, Thrawn sensed this like big scary droid, but it was tactical and it was scarier than almost having that big threat come at you. So he just knew that he was using his intellect to scare them rather than. So I had no real knowledge of Thrawn before Rebels or any sort of expanded universe stuff or anything of that nature. So I always remember just thinking how different of a character this was going to be. And I knew how important it was going to be because of the tactics that he used and how he used his, rather than just big empire, big ship, blast them all. Um, he was sneaky and it always worked out. And I totally agree. It was Thrawn's willing ability to not fail. He was like, I'll try it. And if it's a loss, it may seem like a loss, but it's never going to be a loss for me because I can learn from it. And I think that's what sort of scared them the most. And it is going to say about it. Yeah, I mean, Jonah kind of took the words right out of my mouth. You know, it's not a loss for Thrawn. Uh, it's a learning opportunity. And the thing that makes him like kind of like an insidious villain is for him, the loss is, oh, it's a Star Destroyer. But when you think about like how many people are on that Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and for him, like he doesn't buy mine. He's like, okay, we lost a Star Destroyer, but now we're closer to finding it. So while you know, it's just maybe not the initial plan, but as the plan diverts and it's like, okay, so we lose the Star Destroyer, but then we learn that we get narrowed down to 94 different planets. Uh, it's like, man, he is willing to do just about anything. Really, really talk to your villain. No, but, uh, like, and that's so well done because he is, I, I like how we've, like Jonah said. Coming to Curiosity Stream, go on an adventure, 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew, to the mind-blowing species still being unearthed, and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history, did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on Curiosity Stream, and with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion that we've had more like the villains of the last two seasons. Vader is intellectually is is up there but he's not Thrawn. It, it, he is. No, he's not. not. No. I said not dumb. as much as Thrawn. Not Anakin's even close to Thrawn. He's not dumb though. Like Tarkin's smarter than Anakin. Yeah. Well, yeah. It would go. Most, it would go most of the Empire is smarter than Luke. Why do you always do this with like Imperials? You're like, I'm gonna put someone over Thrawn just to be no, it, like no, Tarkin no, is smarter okay, than right, Thrawn. Right, Vader. Well, well right, in right, terms right, of like right. hierarchy, Vader is higher, but Thrawn's just like he's way more useful. Better. <laughs> Vader. <laughs> Vader has the Force and a lightsaber. That's the only what? reason he's so high. All right. Let me clarify. I was not putting him above Thrawn. I was saying... He's dumb. Yes, I understand that. But, like... This is just a he... battle that you're gonna keep losing. Just accept defeat. Like, <laughs> like, look, the hierarchy, it goes Masameda, Thrawn, and then everybody else. Then Orson Krennic. Krennic, yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, Orson Krennic's a little bit lower than some <laughs> Yeah, we kind of want to forget They just let him wear fancy clothing. Also, Luke, you're forgetting about... Probably your favorite Thrawn book, you Anakin Stan, Thrawn Alliances, where right, Thrawn yes, just dunked yes, on it, Thrawn, Vader Thrawn, for like Thrawn's an entire like, book. Thrawn's like, hey, you idiot. Hey, you should try this. Anyway, I didn't like Alliances I, either. It's the curse of the second Timmy Zahn book. For me, it was the, the double Y'all are a bunch of haters. Vision. It's fine. Oh, yeah, the double vision. <laughs> Double vision. Oh, the, the audiobook of it is it, not it's good. Wild. It's double wild. It's wild. Double, double vision. vision. Turn to the left. Double vision. Down to the right. It's 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 a it's a different take. All right, that's it for my section. You ready to talk about the lore? I am. Let's episode. dive into the lore of Warhead. We am proud of this podcast. You constructed the ability to tell three interesting facts is insignificant next to the power of the lore. And we are here to talk about the lore of Warhead. Today's lore is titled Droid Dirty Work. Harith, don't get that, don't take that out of context, okay? <laughs> In... <laughs> uh, that was... laughter. Hey, Harith, you set yourself up. You set yourself up with that. I'm sorry. But in this episode, we see an EXD series infiltrator droid try to take out the rebel base on Atalon. 
but it is unsuccessful. But we did see what that droid is capable of. In Star Wars, droids sometimes take on assignments or tasks to complete missions or try to take out an adversary. Um, some examples of that are the IG-100 Magna Guards facing Obi-Wan and Anakin on the Invisible Hand in Revenge of the Sith. There's K2SO going to take Jin from the Imperial Prison Camp on Wobani. BD-1 attacking Darth Vader during his duel with Cal in Jedi Fallen Order. IG-11 sacrificing himself to save Din, Grief, Cara Dune, and Grogu in Season 1 of The Mandalorian. And lastly, a boatload of R2 moments, such as him reassembling the droids in the Clone Wars episode of Friend in Need, and R2 saving Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker from a collapsing Venator in Season 2, in the Season 2 finale of Clone Wars. A thousand different R2-D2 moments. I can't even list them all. But what is a moment in Star Wars that made you love a droid wholeheartedly? Like, Like, if you see a droid... You're like, okay, it's cool. And then afterwards, you're like, holy crap, I love him or I love her, whatever. Um, what were, what was that moment for? Oh, this is like Dio and BD One being a wholesome one. That's a that's a good duo though, because we really never saw a droid that was kind of a mixture of an astromech and a it, that could talk. So I found that aspect really really interesting. I hope D I hope Dio and BD. What's a what's a moment that made you love it? You know, as someone who never liked C three PO, C three PO in the Rise of Skywalker saying, yeah. "I am taking one last." There's since the that's exactly beginning. how I felt because like as like the sequel trilogy films kept on moving on. I feel like a lot of people were kind of disrespecting C-3PO because, I mean, I feel like a lot of people just, like, knock him as, like, the comic relief of the original trilogy. But from that movie, he that was, like, his best movie. Maybe Return of the Jedi is his best movie, yeah. but Rise of Skywalker really made me admire him more. But, um, Jonah, what was one moment that made you love a droid? Like, what, what made you admire a droid a lot more? It came to my mind, and I can't remember all of the droids' name, but it's in season seven of Clone Wars, um, the last episode with Ahsoka oh, yeah. trying to escape, and R7, and they're doing the clones, and they're putting them up and down, and then obviously they get that was just so emotional, and those droids, it's just like, you know, the R2 units, you just, they're sort of sitting stationary, and then they actually come and save the day, and it was such a classic droid moment. So emotional at the same time, there's so many things going on, but that just stuck out to me because, um, or a big Ahsoka stan, and so that moment alone is just everything to me. But um, I think that's one of the most emotional sort of connections I've had with droids, being like, I can't believe they're going to kill these friggin' droids. Oh, no, and yeah, I remember that. When that. they were, when they, like, lined up and started shooting at them, I'm like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it, like, they were helping, but, like, they're not life forms. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't know, put a restraining belt on them or something. But I even had, they even had like a little bit of the classic R2 scream and everything in there. And I was like, guys, just yeah. them, shoot them off screen and let, let it be over. Yeah, but that I was a that. really memorable moment. I forgot, like, that was one of the few moments where a droid, like, sacrificed. Not even just, like, it does something, like, heroic, but sacrificing themselves. I mean, not even just them to, like, help Ahsoka and Rex escape, but Rex getting the inhibitor chip out of his head. Oh, this droid's uh, unsung heroes. But uh, Alanis. What was one droid moment that stood out to you? Uh, when R2 wakes back up. Oh, fuck you. No, 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 Luke, 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 I... you're not allowed to say anything with R2, because every single time I mention a droid, you have to say R2, and it's the biggest cop-out ever. You are answering this. But it's not! All right, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lance. Sorry. Anyway, I... um, I just remember seeing that and just being like so excited. Um, because you know, to me, R two is such like a symbolic part of Star Wars, and sometimes even more than like Luke, um, and Leia. He, like I would put just iconically, just image wise, R two up there with the Vader helmet. Um, and just seeing him like come back and wake up, I was like, ah, Star Wars is back for that moment. Always. Awesome. Harith, what's your droid moment? I gotta go for more emotional damage as per usual. Uh, third act of Rogue One, when they're on Scarif and they're about to get the Death Star plans and Jin gives K2SO the gun and is like, you wanted it, right? And yeah, then just his final cool. sacrifice of being like, climb Cassian and especially how much that hurts now with Andor's context of oh, season oh, one, oh. of him telling him to climb and then yeah. just him sacrificing himself and throwing everything he has to get Cassian and Jin out. Yeah. I would also like to throw a bonus one in there because I don't know if you guys have ta- talked much about Vision Season 2, but the little ball droid oh, in Sith. Oh, fuck yes. Oh, oh, my God. oh no. What a real MVP. That, man, I mean, what a beautiful piece, but like that little droid was so great. Love, love or when, that. uh, Vision Season 2 was really, really Or when WAC 47 yeah, named himself the captain yeah. in D Squad, the pit droid. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole, the whole 
I am the captain now. Perfect. No, you're not. Uh, yeah, Luke. Now you're up. So you, you cannot say R two because every time, I'm every time we mention say, a droid, gonna, you always what? resort to R two, hey, which is the hey, biggest hey, cop out ever. Hey, you never you. answer a droid question without saying hey, the words R two, R four, D five. I mean R five, D four. Listening to or R whatever R five, D four. After reading his certain point of view story, that made me respect R five than just being the droid that had a bad yeah. moment. Like he did it so that R two could get the like that man that that droid making that sacrifice the entire story yeah look I, I that doesn't happen that is a very good moment i love the fact that you directly linked it to r2 <laughs> 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 to say that it's still a cop out by definition. It's not. It's not, it's not a cop out. Though. You could have said like R 5s like you know redemption story in or like Mandalorian. R but oh, R5 I thought that's where you were going. Yeah. I, that that is a good one. That is that is a good one. No R five. He's very underrated as a droid. Not they haven't they haven't given him given him a ton except for recent. Like obviously we just said him coming back. But like before that he was just like the laughing stock be like oh that droid bad motivator did that for a reason yeah i mean there's so many droids that we don't punk bitch give a lot of attention to like triple zero and bt bt1 yeah um there's also uh i mean i mean you guys all played have you guys all played jedi survivor like just the like the the b1 yeah. droid humor and that like like oh. just just the just like listening yes. to all the b1 droids and mr bones and like his like little violent stories and aftermath with how he pulled off the wings off the butterfly. <laughs> but um oh, oh. Skakalosi gay. Oh my god, long time no see, Mrs. Skak. Anyway, sorry. Um but yeah, uh I'd say my favorite droid moment would probably have to be um oh, man, you guys had so many good ones. Uh Probably when C three PO did his uh his storytelling in Return of the Jedi. Because because oh. I mean I'll tell you this because in A New Hope, when Luke is cleaning him off, he's like, um, because Luke is like, are you part of, have you fought many battles? No, n nothing much. Um, I'm just an interpreter, not good at telling stories. And then you go to Return of the Jedi in Bright Tree Village, where he's telling all these Ewoks all these stories. And he's like, it was, it was such a like connected moment to where his, his beginning was. Is the first audio book. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He truly is. If you really think that is true. Also, doesn't C-3PO canonically also tell a story about yep. Ezra in Rebel yeah. Season 1? About him and R2? About his yeah, uh, his, his message. Right. His uh, message to Tarkin, yeah. Yep. Raids are awesome. I keep thinking as well about L3 and Solo. L3, and the droid yeah. Revolution oh, yeah. Like I said, there's so many droids. I love that scene so much. Like, we forget about so many droids. There's hundreds of them. And they all had, like share a unique significance to the story. It's crazy. Yeah. That's why Leia said never yeah. underestimate a droid. Good. Oh fuck, Lola. Lola fifty nine. Oh, oh. I forgot about Lola. Oh. Uh, see, yeah. like we like, there's so many that just fly over her head. Dude, dude, the, the droids are I and this might not be a very, but I think the droids are just important to the story of Star Wars than anything else. In, in like oh no look you're absolutely wise. right because droids are like because like if you think about the guy from the cantina where he's like no droids you're not allowed here but like droids are like literal characters like they're not just like inanimate objects that just run around and like walk around and beep no they're they're, they're their significance is huge to the story like like l3 not just the yeah. droid rebellion but like what she does like after she she dies and for the falcon like the falcon is literally her like it's mm, crazy yep. like how much they they implement themselves to the story <laughs> what <laughs> What? Mouse droid supremacy. <laughs> um, oh, or or when R five was surrounded by them. <laughs> dunk, dunk, dunk. The dunk, mouse droid police. Yeah. Yep. Um. But anyway. Oh, um. Man, that was good. Yeah, that's it for um my lore for Warhead. Let's dive into parrot segment interconnectedness my experience right back to thrawn <laughs> even though luke went the exact direction i went i still have a little bit of a slant on it yes! though. of a slant here we go so while researching for this episode i found an interview with pablo hidalgo talking about how this specific droid model is banned by the empire like this is like tactics that even the imperials wouldn't go through with how does grand admiral thrawn's decision to break imperial protocol and his relentless pursuit of the phoenix squadron highlight his complexity of a character at this point it's just kind of like all right let's wrap up this game thrawn has <laughs> never really given a shit about protocol let's be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i i don't think it's like out of the norm to 
to say that Thrawn is using, you know, this band type of weapon. I mean, if you remember from like the Ascendancy novels, his kind of obsession with Starflash yep. um, and the ethics of that. I, I really don't think uh, <laughs> Thrawn is worrying too much about the ethics of his decision. I think he is just worried about stopping things before they I mean, that's well said. I also was thinking back to Thrawn 2017 when he uh, buys like the like stolen the Clone Wars droids. <laughs> yes, and then he's like using them to like investigate like like Umbara and stuff. And you're just like it's yep. like it's like it's funny because it's like with Thrawn, it's always like expect the unexpected. You never know what he's gonna pull out, and then when he pulls it out, you're just like oh yeah that's where he's going with this and like again it shows like like obviously thrawn's been eager obviously thrawn's on like the cusp of like wanting to win but i feel like we've never seen it thrawn go to this extent like obviously ascendancy he had a couple moments where he was like i want to win to beat the grisks but like we've never seen it to i feel like to this degree well like but tone did happen and there was a lot of civilian casualty so i don't think this is like the crescendo of his being insane this just adds another layer of how far he's willing to push protocol uh i was gonna say uh, chase uh, and jonah do you have anything else to add on like thrawn's complexity and how far he's willing to go um i just think it's uh it's a prime example of how obsessed he is he absolutely loves it it's his favorite thing in the world and he wants to go script any with the droid which i didn't know Prior to you saying it about how the Empire uh, banned him was illegal, using his everything else to get to the Ghost Crew is both his greatest uh, strength and, and weakness because at the end, obviously, that's what brings him to his demise, his demise is being so obsessed with them and overlooking so many aspects. But I think everything was said, and I think it just really proves that how he's willing to do whatever it takes to get what he wants like we were saying earlier unpredictable and makes him such a good villain uh and chase do you have anything else to add to that yeah i, I mean I, I think that thrawn does view himself as outside of the empire he operates in the empire but he is the ascendancy first and so a lot of the laws regulations and procedures and protocol of the empire don't apply to thrawn and i mean we kind of see this with the star defender project right and it's like that's very much the antithesis of how um, the, the Empire views like Starfighters and stuff like that, uh, which I think is hilarious that they put hyperdrives on these little deployment pods and not on the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it just shows that like the rules that apply to Krennic and Tarkin, all the other Imperial officers that we've been seeing do not apply to, to Thrawn. And, you know, part of that is his own way of doing it. And part of that is also Palpatine. Palpatine's willing to give Thrawn a little bit of leeway um, to get the job done it's like there's this mutual benefit they have by letting thrawn do kind of what thrawn wants to do um so yeah like it is kind of one of those things of like does he care about the ethics does he care about that no but if it helps if it helps him help the empire it will help the ascendancy so whatever it takes to help the ascendancy is what he will why he's doing these and i honestly think that's just like the underlying thing to thrawn in general like obviously he's been beaten to death by just twitter that like Thrawn only cares about the Ascendancy, but, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, I think, like, really, at the end of the day, like, the, the Ghost Crew is just, like, a side quest that he's just, like, wants to end, like, as soon as possible, but he just can't get out of because, like, Palpatine is just, like, holding in a base the Ascendancy hostage, being like, nope, you're not gonna be done with me until you get rid of... And, um, yeah. to, to go off of what Alana said about ethics, because after the Clone Wars, the Empire basically banned them, because of what happened in the Clone Wars. So to see, so what they did with uh, the KX series droids and the DT security, um, the DT sentry droids, like the ones um, that Thrawn trains with on his ship, which I mean, if you've played Survivor, you know, those DT sentry droids are a pain in the ass to fight. Um, but, um, and the <laughs> KX series droids, but they, they, <laughs> but they, they, um, uh, but the, all the, uh, the manufacturers like Arkin Industries and Hollow on Mechanical labeled them as security droids, not battle droids. So the fact that he's able to send these droids out and cause he does not care cause Thrawn is not a political guy. He doesn't, doesn't hang around the Senate and doesn't hear all the hearings or do any of that. He does not care. So he will do whatever is in his best interest to take out an adversary, whether it be from whether it be droids, I mean, he doesn't, I don't feel like he relies on stormtroopers that much. Um, but that's hence why he sent an infiltrator droid with a, a literally a warhead inside of him. I was like, okay, well, yeah. if plan A doesn't work, kaboom. Like, like <laughs> Thrawn doesn't care unless it gets the job done. So 
the fact that he's able to just yep. kind of bypass the, the laws of the Empire like that, it's pretty cool. Now yeah. I just imagine a scene of Thrawn going to like a manufacturer with like the design of this droid being like, all right, the escape pod's going to have a hyperdrive and we're going to put a bomb in it. And they're just like, okay. Like, or or he's going to uh, What's-Her-Face, who's been manufacturing things since the Clone Wars. That's been holding the secret of where Grand Admiral Thrawn is the entire time. Yeah. I mean, not, not even that, kind of like what you're saying. It's like, imagine going to a droid manufacturer and be like, yeah, we have these protocol droids. And you're like, can you put a nuke in there? Well, it's just like uh, IG level. It's like the yeah. IG, uh... yeah. IG units like um like those are made by Hollow One Mechanicals. Um IG eleven's got a huge ass bomb in his chest and like if need be, I will self-destruct. It's like boom. So it's you so, not it's, so fun- it's so funny though, Chase. It's like, all right, oh Thrawn's like he shows up and he just he opens the door and he's like, All right, so got a proposal and they've like heard like three or four proposals from like three other different people that are just as whack. And it's like, but I want you to put in that can blow up literally <laughs> half a planet. I that's not crazy. It's not the craziest thing. It's like Droid Builder today. Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. Yes! I need that, I need that how, show how, immediately. How much? No, wait, wait, wait. Who's all? Okay. This has just become a, a new thing. Who is on the Shark Tank uh, for the Empire? <laughs> like, who is he pitching it to? Who is it? It's got to be Palpatine. Palpatine's got to be one of them, right? But Palpatine's No, strong. I mean, so so what makes yes. a member of the Shark Tank? No, it's Mazamita. It's not Palpatine. It's Mazamita. They yes. have, have money. <laughs> They operate the in a lot work. of business, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, the criteria. Royce Royce Hemlock from Bad Batch season two. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Um, I, I this is this is oh, yeah. they're all crawl. Oh, very very much sidelined. <laughs> Hemlock, Doctor Hemlock was so good. <laughs> He's like low key kind of, but you know, oh if he touches God. crosshair, that what? opinion will change. Oh my! Please touch yeah. crosshair. Please just touch crosshair. Same. I don't need another fucking animated. Oh my! God. <laughs> like, like, no, Doc, Doctor Hemlock is like the guy you want to gaslight you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like he would be like, "You're, you're crazy." Like, you know. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> that what the what what kind of transition was that? I was gonna go something more fun like this. Okay, hey, Char, you? you know what's what? a crazy idea? That Three is a crazy idea. Facts. Let's do it. Three interesting facts about a certain Rebels arc that you didn't know about. Until. That was actually that was pretty, pretty good. I'm, I'll, I'll give you that, Harith. Part 36, Warhead Edition. Act 1, an homage to The Empire Strikes Back. The opening sequence in staging, sound design, and music are homages to the opening scenes of The Empire Strikes Back, with a Star Destroyer launching multiple pro- uh, probot pod. That the droid is accosted by native life forms was once a fate that befell the probot on Hoth. As the early Empire script described the probe droid firing on a wampa ice creature. Fact 2, uh, a connection to Predator. The explosive uh, countdown display in the infiltrator droid's body is a visual nod to a similar device used by the alien hunter in the movie predator fact three Filoni knew what he was doing. The image from the infiltrator's droid point, uh, infiltrator droid's point of view, is layered with readout text that includes the episode production number Wolf three one four. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about Warhead. Did you just say Wolf? Mm-hmm. The, like on on the yeah, on the display yeah. screen when he's like looking at Rebels must be terminated. It says Wolf three one four because this episode is season three, there? episode fourteen. Sure, go ahead. Originally, it was not going to even have any of the droids at all in the episode. It was going to be a Zeb and Rex episode, but they were like, "No, let's make it the droids because that's way funnier." Because they didn't true. have enough jokes to write around. Well, Rex also, they Zeb. were initially going to make this yeah. a two-episode arc with Trials of the Dark Saber, but they ended up being their own separate episodes. I'm glad they did that and kept it separate. Yep. They're part of it. Something I actually loved in the episode, um, which I just remembered, is AP's like reflection and the when they were looking at characters, something I picked up on, I thought it was just like really well done. I mean, if we chopper or whoever it was, I just thought it was really mm-hmm. cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but now it's time to rank the episode. Uh, Jonah, you being the newbie, every after every episode we rank it. Uh, bad ensign, okay, lieutenant, good captain, great admiral. And Jeff's Kiss, Grand Admiral. What would you rank this episode? I'd give it an Admiral for being great. It's something that, something that the next arc that comes after it is really flipping good. So it's hard sort of to compare it, or not to compare it rather, to what comes before and after it. But uh, 
I love this episode. I always love a little side quest adventure that leads into something else and has good ties and um, is a nice breath of fresh air. So I liked it. Um, I would I would give it a captain based on the premise of the episode, but I think, like I said, the dialogue and how it ties in everything with Thrawn and Callus, give it an admiral. That's that's uh, you can sway me, uh, Lannis. I think I'm gonna go with captain and that's only because i think there are so many like admiral moments in rebels that it's like very very hard to not you know rate everything in admiral so i'm gonna go with captain um obviously this episode will never be uh touched ever again until double agent droid so i'm just gonna leave the entire show so this is my goodbye <laughs> what all right uh chart what? okay uh, what just, he just dipped um but i'm gonna give this one an admiral uh because i just i just love what uh ap5 and chopper do in this episode and also zeb's leadership really shines in this episode as well which is not really a thing that we see very often from zeb so yeah i'm giving this an admiral i'll give it a captain uh it it has really awesome moments in it uh, it and also, I just love the uh, the uncanny feel of it, too. That's going to be it for episode 97 of the podcast. I guess we could bring Why, why did he uh, leave? We'll let him. We'll let We'll let, we'll let, we'll let Just let, replace Harith with Jonah. Uh, I feel like I feel like that. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to test drive it. Uh, but. Uh, Damn. Your bit, uh, this bitch is struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work at it. I'm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Jonah, where can the good people follow you on the social media? On Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, across everything. So, uh, Chase? You can follow me at Forward Into the Black on TikTok and on Twitch, where I've been playing Lee Dangerous going around the galaxy and Star Citizen decides to work again. I'll be straight. Uh, you can follow me at at Nada Kyber on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, at Discovering the Galaxy on TikTok, and at is Agent Callus back on. People want to know. Uh, Sith face whenever the fuck we decide. <laughs> Sith face whenever we feel like it. Look, we haven't been on Sith face in a while, or I haven't been on Sith face in a while. You know who all? You know who also can join Sith face now? Because you're not a baby anymore. Yeah, I'm not a child. Wait, wait, wait! I thought we were talking about Remy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Remy. Appreciate it. This is a face one. Uh, Harris, where can the good people follow you? Well, you can find me at Harris Productions on TikTok and Instagram. Harris underscore edits on Twitter. You will not edit, Remy. That's my job. And you can find me <laughs> here on the pod ones. Uh, Char, where can the good people follow you? Good people, you? you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Char Char J, as spelled right here. And you can find me here at the Pod Ones podcast every Thursday night as we cover our Star Wars Rebels rewatch. Check us out next week as we cover the highly anticipated episode, season three, episode 15. Trials of the Darks and the Legacy of Mandalore. (laughs) There you go. Um, And that's going to be it. Uh, You can follow us at the Pod Wants on all social medias. Um, But yeah, till next time. Always. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile Phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kids' tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance, up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com slash audio.